If anything's going to cause a riot, that will. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Life from the Vault. Welcome to Life in the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode and from the entire Life in the Vault team worldwide. We want to thank you for your continued support. And as you can imagine, this community keeps growing more and more every single week. And there's a lot to talk about during these historic times. And Andrew McGuire is in the house with an industry expert, Nick Barishoff. He's the founder and president and CEO of the BMG Group, Inc. And we'll be talking gold today. This is going to be an amazing episode and you won't want to miss a word here. You know, Life from the Vault gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else and this episode will be no exception and just before we get to talking gold with andrew mcguire and our special guest nick bershoff please help us spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button share also you can subscribe and if you hit the bell you'll be notified as each episode goes live so let me introduce you to our special guest today nick bershoff he's widely recognized as an international bullion expert you know nick has written numerous articles on bullion and current market trends and uh, they're all published on various news and business websites he's appeared on bnn on on cbc on cnbc on sun media just to name a few and he's been interviewed for numerous articles published in leading business publications across North America and Europe and even Asia. He's the author of $10,000 Gold, which takes a, new, a unique approach to the subject of gold as actual money. And uh, for more information on Nick's work, just check out the link below. We're going to include it in the description. And with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire and our special guest, Nick Bereshoff. Over to you, Andy McGuire. Well, first thing I must say is, is Nick, this is absolutely a real, a real honor to have you uh, on, appear on our Live from the Vault show and uh, episode. But thank you so much um, for joining us today. Uh, and as, you, as Shane says, an industry legend indeed. Well, my pleasure. It's, uh, it's an honor to talk to you. I've uh, seen all the work you've done and you're doing a terrific job of exposing this uh, manipulation scam that's been going on. Unfortunately for, you know, ever since we started the, the company, um, like I was mentioning before, the first um, book on gold that I bought back in 1998 was Frank Russo's gold book. Um, which was probably one of the most expensive books I've ever bought. But he, he did a, a tremendous job of, of detailing the, uh, the amount of outstanding leases on the comics at the time, and then he updated it in, in uh, 2002. Um, so I think... Uh, uh, we're, we're way past those numbers now and that, that's only been one of the ways the, uh, the gold market has been manipulated all these years. Um, I, you know, when I started the company in 1998, uh, I, th I thought because of the manipulation it was an opportunity because uh, 
sooner or later it's blown up and here we are 24 years later still going on the um i know that you um you're based in Canada and that, that interests me enormously too, because um, I spent many years in, in Vancouver um, and, you know, this is, and I, and, and I was listening to you back, back then um, as well um, and on the various news channels and uh, you're definitely a, a light there uh, in, in what was really then back then, uh, market manipulation that you were talking about uh, that that was you know you, you were considered to be a conspiracy nut and you know your industry apologists used to come out and say oh you just doesn't happen and and suddenly you know they've all evaporated of course since then nick um you know after the jp morgan trials but um just in particular about canada um this is a country i spent 15 years there uh, it's a country i remember and then and then I, I looked at Trudeau and uh, I mean, uh, the bank account freeze we saw. Can you tell me, what, what, what do you think about what's happening in Canada now with Trudeau and bank account freezes, etc.? Well, it's, it's, it's clearly very disappointing. I, I thought uh, many people, just like you were saying, they thought Canada was one of, one of the, you know, the best countries on, on earth. and. Trudeau has turned that upside down. Um, Trudeau's, of course, uh, uh, a Klaus Schwab crony kind of thing, and and Klaus holds him up as an example of you know the young leaders and so on. And the finance minister Christina Friedland is a director of the WEF, and many of the cabinet ministers are, are members. Um, the conservative member, Pierre Polivier, has uh, publicly stated that if he's elected, uh, he's going to forbid any cabinet ministers to be members of the WEF. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, we'll have some hope. But after the um, the truckers um, uh, protest, and then you know, followed by the uh, the the seizing of bank accounts. I mean, they, they closed bank accounts of people that simply contributed to to the GoFundMe campaign. Um, and we we've had um, probably. Many four, four or five um, clients um, open bullion accounts with us. Like we have um, the three mutual funds, and we also sell bullion bars and coins, and we provide storage with Brinks and various parts of the world. Um, so people uh, were uncomfortable keeping their money in the banks and, and they, they, they basically transferred most of the money out in, into uh, physical bullion. And, and, you know, that's interesting because what that did, it, it scared, I mean, not just what happened in, was visible in Canada, but it scared everybody. Well, it, it seems to be happening everywhere in the world, like, you know, apart from Canada, Canada the, you know, the United States, 
Australia, New Zealand, Europe, it's all the same thing. So, and the, uh, the, the WEF is a, a, a frightening organization because the, the, the main stated premise is to reduce the population of the world. Um, they think there are too many useless eaters in the world and um, that that needs to be reduced and um, and one of the mechanisms which Bill Gates also publicly talks about is is the vaccine and so so now um, after I guess really we slowly recovering from our lockdowns and running around without face masks and but now we see we're experiencing an, an energy lockdown because it, I don't know what's happening in Canada, but we're not energy sufficient in, in Europe or in uh, the UK. And um, we're now being told um, that um, basically uh, you will, you, you're going to move into a situation where you're going to have to start cutting your power usage. Uh, and well, what does that do? It's, it's, it's telling people what they have to do. It's telling people that it's restricting uh, the ability and it's essentially giving, putting people in the position where they eat or heat. It's a serious situation. And, and it's un unbelievable that you, the, when, when you consider the politicians, um, what did they think was going to happen to put sanctions on Russia when they're, they're totally dependent on Russia? For their energy, like life was going to go on merrily, and and Russia was just going to take that. So, like if if they continue now, the Nord Stream pipeline is is shut down on on the excuse of maintenance. But if they keep it shut down, I I think it'll be a systemic collapse in in Europe this this winter. Like industries already shutting down. Um, the prices of everything is skyrocketing. Um, I was amused to see that in the UK, the price of a pint of, of beer is like 20 pounds, you know, um, and that's a, you know, a long established cultural, uh, thing in, in the UK. If anything's going to cause a riot, that will. Yeah, so so the civil unrest and the riots will 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 you know start start getting uh, uh, potentially violent and and so on, and Russia's gonna you know end end up winning this without firing a shot. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing that that more and more people um, are beginning to come to the realization for of. This is not about um, Ukraine at all. This is a proxy war clearly between the US and Russia. Um, and, um, and, but the, the, the sanctions, what they've done is, what they've done is help Russia to strengthen its currency. And I think if you're gonna look at any currency around the world right now, what is the strongest currency without exception is the ruble. That's right. And, and, um... There's been numerous reports about Russia and China 
uh, developing a, a, a joint sort of digital currency backed by, by commodities, particularly gold. Um, you know, you consider Russia and China the number one and the number two gold producers, and and uh, they have most of the gold. Where there's going to be, I think, uh, an enormous awakening is <clears throat> my understanding is China buys the gold in a sovereign wealth fund, so uh, that doesn't report anything to anybody, and a central bank has 1,600 tons. But many analysts um, feel that, that China has well in excess of 5,000 tons. The problem is at one point in time they're going to move the gold from the sovereign wealth fund to the central bank and say, by the way folks, we've got more gold than the U.S. And that, that's been their stated objectives. It's not a, a secret or anything. When that happens, the problem uh, becomes, well, where did they get that gold? Because both GFMS and CPM have accounted for every fraction of an ounce, and suddenly 5,000 tons appears out of, out of the blue. Well, it's all leased gold that isn't coming back to the Western central banks. Yeah, and Russia uh, has been openly uh, selling its treasuries, buying gold. Um, as you know, it's been, they were quite open about uh, that process. That's right. And then we went into um, when the uh, first incursion uh, happened and the sanctions started to kick in. Um, Russia were already prepared, as you know, with the 5,000 program, uh, 500 rubles per program structure, which lasted a month, and then uh, moved into, and we're very well connected with, 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 uh, uh, with people in Russia, and uh, basically um, they are now buying um, every ounce of gold, physical gold. It's I think really they're restricted to the amount of physical gold ounces that can be delivered to them, and certainly uh, we know that uh, Indian traders, or Indian traders we know, um, are t use, providing physical gold to Russia in as many ounces as they can get, whether it's smuggled or whether it's otherwise, um, and then getting a 30% discount on their oil, and then arbitraging that back into the, into the, uh, uh, into the oil market. So, so Russia is getting a lot of gold. And then, as you say, um, then the, China is obviously interrelated with that. And a lot of that China gold ends up in China, and, and they're paying for it uh, in rubles. So it's, it seems like a win-win-win situation for Russia. And if people, to me, if people wanted to hurt Russia, they'd withdraw the sanctions immediately. Well, the, the whole, in my view, the Ukraine thing was avoidable. Um, they could have just said, uh, you know, we're not going to join NATO. and. Uh, there would be no need for for the war, and, and so on. And, and you know, they they particularly avoided that. And and it was like I say, it was, it was ludicrous to to think that you're you're going to impose sanction with with no repercussions. 
um, insane. Uh, it's a bit like telling your landlord to, to, to take a hike, not paying him, and then expecting him not to come and kick you out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's ludicrous. Um, dollar at the dollar. What's happening to the dollar, Nick? What, what do you see? Well, I, I, I think it's uh, days are, are numbered. It's, it's uh, you know, the, the books written in terms of the U.S. has had the exorbitant privilege of having the world's reserve currency, and it's lasted longer than most reserve currencies have already. Um, and and the, the, the issue, the U.S. was able to simply create money out of thin air while the rest of the world had to make stuff or, you know, mine stuff and, and you know, do the work. Um, so I think the, the, the time is moving and, and again, this Russia and China's stated objective is, is to uh, break the, the supremacy of the U.S. dollar. Uh, and the, the, they've got the backing of the BRIC countries. It isn't just China and Russia. It's all the BRIC countries, which is basically the bulk of the population on Earth. So uh, if, if the Western countries don't join into the new currency, uh, so be it. So that's that's where it's going to be done. But if the when the, it's not if when the U.S. dollar loses its reserve currency status, the U.S. will become a third world country, you know, literally overnight. And, and it, it 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 always is something that blows people's mind when we when we talk about it is the. Um, the average American probably owns maybe the ounce of gold they're wearing on various jewelry, and then the the and then I always talk about you know we're very close with a lot of uh, Indian traders, and they deal with with you know Indians, and and basically the average Indian through dowries uh, over multiple generations has kilos of the stuff, and you know I suddenly think it's it's almost like a polar shift is once. Um, I'm going to ask you about what, where you think about the price of gold or where it'll go. But once the price goes up to some more viable level, um, can you imagine that it's a polar shift? You've got the, the, the average American is going to be poor compared to the average Indian who's cycling right now down a, down a dusty little path with his kilos of gold. That's right. Yeah, the statistics I read that the uh, the average portfolio uh, holds less than a half a percent in gold, and whether it's institutional or retail. Uh, so there's very, very little gold, you know, held in in the West. So I guess the next question is, where where do you see? I know you wrote a book about ten thousand dollar gold. And I was wondering where where do you see where do you see gold going to, based upon all that's happening now. Well, the the, the primary uh, theme of the book was that up until two thousand and eleven, the uh, the 
price of gold in U.S. dollars and the total U.S. debt were almost perfectly correlated and then they diverged after 2011. So today, just to catch up to to get back on on that norm, we're into the between 2,500 to to 3,000 dollar gold today is where it should be. Um, the amount of money printing, of course, that's recently happened in the, in the U.S. is absolutely astronomical and the repercussions of that are going to still play out. We're, we'll be lucky to, to avoid, you know, hyperinflation in the U.S. Okay, well, that's interesting, and and it you know I think so. What we're, we're all expecting here is gold to at least um, revalue itself higher um, to some degree. I mean, I've 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 never really picked a price for for gold because to me it could be any price at all um, based upon the, the what's going on right now. Um, I think I'd seen you uh, in one of your um, many interviews. Um, you talked about um, the uh, U.S. the eight thousand odd tons or one hundred eight thousand one hundred odd tons of gold um, in that is held by the U.S. Um, I think, in your view, I think much like mine, you you think that's largely rehypothecated. Is that true? Um, the 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 issue is that when I wrote the book, ten thousand dollar. Gold. I, I was like a lone wolf in the wilderness, and <laughs> some some interviewers were, you know, laughing at that. That it was a ridiculous number, and so on. But now uh, there's many estimates, you know, far in excess of that, forty, fifty thousand per ounce gold. And while the numbers seem inconceivable, the the issue is in a hyperinflation. They are like look at what happened in Germany. It, gold was seventy-five marks an ounce, and then became like over a trillion, you know, marks an ounce. Um, so t totally abs absurd numbers in hyperinflation. So, so that's where I think we're we're heading. I don't see how we can avoid the hyperinflation with the amount of money that's already being printed and and they're going to have to print more because we're still not out of the woods on 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 all the covid lockdowns and the supply chain disruptions and everything else so we're we're not you know by any means finished so do you think nick could it be that um, with gold dollar index of hitting 20 year highs now against the yen 24 year highs? Um, I mean, could it be that this is because uh, there's a lack of dollars right now in the system because they've stopped money printing? Is, 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 is it possible? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think they, um, for the time being, like the gold, the gold price is suppressed apart from the, the manipulation, but it's suppressed because the U.S. dollar is still the strongest currency. It's the, uh, you know, the, 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 the 
best to dirty shirt in the laundry kind of thing. Um, so it, it's not that it's fundamentally strong, but it's strong relative to all the other weak currencies. So that that's a bit of a distortion there. And I think the, I was having a, a discussion on Sunday with somebody who who just sold their business and they got a lot of money. Um, they say, well, what should I do with it? And, and then I'm, I'm talking about gold and they said, yeah, but uh, it's going down. It's like, I said, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. The dollar index just hit 110. This was on Friday, I think it was. It hit 110 on Friday. I said, but do you know what the price of gold was then? It was 315 bucks. So it's $1,400 higher now, even though it's been suppressed. So, you know, when you put things into context, you suddenly realize gold is a safe haven, regardless of um, the, the race into the so-called dollar index safe haven. But the thing is, is that people, you know, investors tell me, well, they're disappointed because the gold price hasn't taken off and when is it going to come and so on and so forth. And I said, well, since 2000, the average annual increase in the price of gold in all currencies has been in excess of 10%. Now, the pension funds, uh, when, when they're doing their, their uh, projections, they're targeting for six, and many of them don't get six. They could have just bought gold. There are no pension, there's four pension funds to my knowledge that have any gold. We've sold one of them in Canada uh, and it's a, it was a s substantial amount for us but a, a, a drop in the bucket for them um, and they've done very well. But it, it's, it's that kind of thing that, that at some point in time the pension funds are, are going to get slaughtered with all their other investments and they'll come to the realization that you know we need to have a substantial amount of gold then watch the price go up yeah um i think i'm, I'm going to ask you one more question please if i could silver nick i've I'm, i've no idea what your thoughts are on silver what can you what do you think about silver well silver is um Kind of very un unusual as as a commodity because it's both supply and demand inelastic. So, from a supply point of view, uh, most of the silver is byproduct silver. It's not primary mines. And and on the demand point of view, that a large part of it is electronics and so on, but it's a minuscule amount of silver in the electronics. So for instance, in your iPhone, it doesn't matter whether the price of silver is $18 or $180, not going to make any difference to the iPhone, except that you can't make an iPhone without it. So at some point it's going to dawn on, on people uh, the, the financial uh, people in the company and, and the CEOs that without silver, it's just like you know not having microchips without the
the microchips, you don't build cars, it's just a small component. But without silver, you don't make the end product. Whether it's solar panels or, or, or electronics, whatever. And then someone's going to step up like, like Ford did, I think it was 1998, and Ford just went out and bought $5 billion worth of palladium because they needed it for the catalytic converters and without it you don't make cars so they just bought it you're, you're not gonna be able to you know make electronics and that with comex futures contracts you need the actual physical i know and I, in fact we, i just did a, an episode just really talking about how broken that market is and really to be honest nick um I, i'm this is to me, there's, there's a massively bullish setup structurally in silver at the moment because when I see a December contract with a three-month expiry to November the third, twenty-eighth, or whatever it is, and normally that commands a thirty-cent contango. I mean, when you expire from September into December, you get a. There's obviously there's carry costs, etc. So you look at that's that's historically what we've seen. It was trading at a twenty-cent discount to spot into non-farm perils. That is, you no longer, and no hedger I know can use a, fo a, a Comex silver contract any longer as a hedging, legitimate hedging instrument. It's too much tail risk. Yeah, so I, I think silver is gonna eventually outperform gold and probably so is uh, platinum. When we set up our first fund, uh, it it was equal amounts of gold, silver, platinum, and and I limited to that because the those are the three metals that have uh, a history of being money. Like platinum was money in Russia for three hundred years, um, so all of those metals uh, have been uh, functioned as as money. In, in the past, and that, that was why I set up the first fund to be all three metals. And now is there a, is there a, a, a percentage, gold-silver percentage, that you, that you would recommend to people who are either looking to invest in your fund or just basically own? Well, in our fund, we have a fixed investment policy, so, so we buy a third, a third, a third when we're buying but we, we don't rebalance, so we, we don't um, interfere with the gold holding. We don't hedge, we don't lease, we don't rebalance. You decide when to buy, when to sell, and we make it happen. It's, it's kind of that simple. So you would generally recommend the average person um, who is investing in gold and silver, for in, even if it's in small amounts, that they would invest in both, you think, gold and silver? Yeah, in, in uh, my own situation, I've, I'm probably 60-40 in favor of silver. That's interesting. And I think people are going to take, away, take that away um, and um, think on that. But uh, Nick, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, and thank you so, so much for joining us. Oh, it's my, my pleasure talking to you. It was great. And I really look forward to, I mean, there's a million other things that, that could 
could go on in the next month or two or three. I'm sure it's going to be an exciting fall. <laughs> yes. It might not be very pleasant, but exciting. Okay, well, I mean, at some point, it would be lovely to have you back. Um, maybe, you know, as, we've, after we've, as we get closer to the end of the year, have a bit of a recap as to see what, what, what you think we should be thinking about for 2023. Of course, yeah. Terrific. Thank you so much, Nick. Good talking to you, Andrew. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Andrew McGuire and Nick Barashev, for another fascinating discussion. And to learn more about Nick Barashev's work, just visit the link in the description right below there. And remember, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and the silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another amazing episode of Live from the Vault. Please help spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button, by sharing and by subscribing and click on that bell notification if you'd like to be notified as each episode goes live. It really does help the show. And with that, we'll see you next time on Live from the Vault. See you then.